the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Oh, it's live, pal. We're really glad that you're our friend. And this is a friendship that'll never, ever end. Everybody three count. One, two, three. One, two, Or maybe The Rock has got to beat Triple H himself. Which means, uh, he's got to beat the game, uh, in the middle of the ring, uh, and he has a $2 s- for a wife, uh. You're too damn selfish, and that's why you're sitting there with a bad leg, and that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. Three ain't enough now, I need five. Welcome in Jim, Ryan, Matt, Tim, and intern Mark. Oh my goodness, what do we do? There's a one, there's a two. Oh! oh, wow. Well, you can take that brass ring and shove it up your ass. Welcome everyone, Three Count Thursday, live here on our Facebook page, and now we are also live on our Twitter page, and we are also live on our YouTube page. Isn't that fun? We got a whole whole set of new things going on here tonight. It is Thursday, September the 10th, 2020. We have tons to talk about, including what is worse than a concussion and the latest controversy. But first, make sure you go to threecountthursday.com. That is our homepage. Uh, we can find all of our social media links, our YouTube channel, our uh, merchandise over at whatamaneuver.net. What a maneuver. Thank you, Tim. We have our Patreon page, patreon.com slash three count Thursday. Our home network, of course, and GSC Sports at ngscsports.com. We stream daily at liebsports.com. Ryan, that would be. L-E-E-I-B sports.com. Thank you. Thank you very much. Make sure you subscribe no. to our show. Yeah, yeah, that would be it. That would be it. You can subscribe to our show, both the full broadcast and the uh, the hot tag uh, on all podcast platforms and Spotify. If you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, give us a rate and a review. We would appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I think everything uh, seems to be working. At least as of now. Devin, how's it going, buddy? Matt, what are we, what are we drinking tonight? This is uh, Springhouse's Pumpkin Ale called Ooh. Brain. Ooh, starting with the uh, the pumpkin season. I yeah, saw... you know, football's kicking off. Feels like fall. Um, you can only drink so many White Claws in a week. So, Speak for yourself, sir. Speak for yourself. Uh, oh. Since we were asking you what you drink, Matt... How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, you know, we're short week, getting a little more settled into the house. So uh, I'm ready for the weekend. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Tim. How you doing? You know, I'm just grabbing a hold of the board and riding the wave, man. Sounds like a good plan. At this point in the year, uh, sounds like a good plan. Ryan. How you doing? 
I think I'm doing okay. I don't know. Maybe working right. Who knows? Just a slight delay, but but that's all right. We'll we'll work with it. We'll work with it. Uh, and intern Mark back with us this week. Intern Mark, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing real good, Big Jim. I don't know if you saw it, but Hershey Park announced their hours for uh, Halloween and Christmas, so I'm doing really well. I uh, I did see that today. I thought of you immediately. Basically, any time, um, then uh, I, I see anything from Hershey Park, I, I immediately think of you. So uh, I, I know you were. Uh, I know you were excited for that. Uh, a couple of questions here. Charlie asked, is Tim smoking a bowl? We saw you light something up. I believe that was a candle, maybe a scented yeah, candle. I don't have, I didn't have a fish tank that needed cleaning today. So I, uh, it's, it's, ca- I'm a candle lover. I love to get lit in the office. So today we are lighting up, uh, some hot cocoa and scream Ooh. from uh, Bath and Body Works. The, uh, the official candle of not the tool man very good very good and uh we are going to go ahead and we're going to uh get right into uh the show here with our weekly segment On this day. uh we are here august or september the 10th i have no clue what month it is but uh three birthdays uh here on september 10th don morocco was born in 1949 matt morgan Matt Morgan, 1976, and Trevor Murdoch, 1980. So those are the three birthdays today. And from our soundboard, Bill O'Reilly was born at some point. Thing sucks. I have no clue what year, whatever. He sucks anyway. Uh, also, On this day. in 1980, Harley Race defeated Giant Baba for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. In Atsu, Japan, ending Baba's third and final NWA World Heavyweight title reign after just five days. Baba's three title reigns added together equaled only 19 days. Uh, This victory would signal the beginning of Race's fifth title reign. Also, 1988, the United States Tag Team Champions, the Midnight Express, defeated Four Horsemen members Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. For the NWA World Tag Team title in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ending Anderson and Blanchard's second and final reign as champions in the NWA. This would be the last time Blanchard and Anderson would team together in NWA as they were about to leave for the WWF. This was also the end of what is known as the golden era of the Four Horsemen. Uh, in the opinions of many, although Ric Flair and Barry Windham would stay united after their departure. Amazingly, despite their reputation as one of the best tag teams ever, this would be only uh, the only time the team of Eaton and Lane would hold the NWA World Tag Team titles. And then, On this day. 2007, Hornswoggle was revealed as the illegitimate son of Vincent Kennedy McMahon on an episode of Monday Night Raw. On this day. In 2012, WWE Hall of Famer Jerry Lawler almost dies on international television, suffering a heart attack live on Monday Night Raw after wrestling in a tag team match and returning to the commentary position. Uh, His life was saved because of WWE Dr. Michael Sampson sitting right next to him, began administering CPR. Also extremely fortunate that the arena in Montreal is in close proximity to one of the best cardiac care facilities in Canada. Amazingly, Lawler makes a full recovery, and while he has not wrestled in the WWE since, he has taken uh, some independent wrestling dates. And then finally... 
2016 CM Punk made his UFC debut and was tapped out by Mickey Gall in two minutes and 14 seconds of the first round. Those are your items. On this day. September the 10th, 2020. Today is full. Today was a full day, and there was there was oh, many man. other things. There was some like other long-winded ones, and I was like, you know what? I should probably just cut them off at what we got but uh september 10th a very busy day in uh in professional wrestling history you, you made sure to throw the cm punk part in well and- i i didn't really want to end on jerry lawler almost died yeah sure like I, I figured you know what that was a he, short he almost died instead of instead of covering the the near death of jerry lawler you just talked about the actual death of cm punk's mma career Yes, yes. Uh, exactly. yeah, ended on an uplifting note that Jerry Lawler survived. <laughs> Instead, you focused on CM Punk. That's literally correct. That, that's correct. Well, his, his UFC career literally died. He did not literally die. His UFC career did die. Part of CM Punk died that day. Okay, we can agree on that. If you're following along on the live video, give it a like, give it a share. We'd appreciate that. Um, speaking of things that died a painful death, uh, AEW All Out was this past weekend. Um, now, raise your hand if you watched the show. I know some of us did, maybe. Mark and I did. Okay. So I'm not going to go long-winded. I didn't want to spend any time on the, the on a separate show this week reviewing it because I didn't feel like it deserved my time. Um, however, let's let's talk about... Uh, Matt Hardy, because I'm assuming at least everybody has seen the bump, the aftermath, and AEW's handling of said situation. So, um, for anybody that did miss it, the broken rules match, uh, which I guess was just a um, last man standing, and there was a, a spot where Guevara and Hardy were both up on like a ladder. They were supposed to go through some tables. Uh, kind of overshot the tables. Matt Hardy's head bounced off the concrete ground like a basketball, and he was out for like 15 to 30 seconds, completely out, um, and then got up and couldn't stand. And um, So they, they, they ref Aubrey did exactly what she was supposed to, threw up the X right away, match stopped, and uh, Hardy or uh, Guevara celebrating what a perceived victory and then a couple minutes later they restart the match they go right to the finish where matt hardy had to be assisted climbing up a scaffolding guevara ends up going through matt hardy gets to stay in aew because remember that was the the stipulation well then um so then in the the aftermath because like watching it and i know intern mark you were watching it too and we were we were messaging in our group group message about just how awful the spot was, how uh, uncomfortable the match was. And then uh, the aftermath, you know, they, they said he was taken to a local hospital. Tony Khan is, you know, saying that he cleared protocol and, um, you know, that, that, you know, he was checked for a concussion. The doctor cleared him and this and that. And this is all in a span of like four minutes. Now, most of us here are football fans. We've seen players go into the the blue tent for uh, concussion tests. That don't happen in a span of like four minutes. That that's a that's a 
little little longer drawn out process. So, and then obviously Matt Hardy's uh, wife Rebby was um, tweeting that you know he was still in the hospital. He was definitely concussed. AEW was saying that uh, he was that he wasn't concussed. To me, it was it was it was really bad optics. To me, what they what should have been what should have happened is when he's knocked out, your first priority stop the match, get him help. Um, your your second priority should be the the finish because I feel like you know everything they did in reacting to that moment was making sure Matt Hardy won so he can stay in AEW. And then they had to like damage control after the fact, and they didn't even do that well. Um, I don't know who wants to go next. Give any thoughts uh, on on the way that this was handled? But I thought it was just it was handled real bad, Ryan. Real leggy. I'm probably not going to be on here for very long because I'm coming through very clearly. Unless you guys can hear how. Tony Khan did the right thing. I don't think Khan can go out there and say things like Matt Hardy's cuss and cause um, cause a lot of panic. So I don't know what you expect Tony Khan to do in this situation, but Tony Khan could not uh, create panic and create um, up, up, uproar and an upsetness of the fans. So I, I I I like what you did there. I like what you did there, Ryan. Um, I also love the, the way that your picture froze in that moment. It's a, it's a, it's a great picture freeze. Um, it didn't freeze. I was just, oh, you, you were, you were just sitting there like that. Um, <laughs> who knows? You never know. I, you yeah, never know. You, I, I, I tr- truly never do know, uh, with you. I, I truly, Matt, never know what Ryan is doing. <laughs> Um, you just never know. Tim, thoughts on uh, the way that this went down and was handled? Um, status quo, like it's unfortunately concussions aren't a sweet science. Uh, it it's kind of a- astonishing that even though we know so much about concussions, uh, the the uh, symbol for having a concussion is apparent wooziness. We're using the phrase woozy to explain brain trauma. Um, uh, It's just, it's weird. It was an unfortunate spot. They didn't manage it. I think that Rebby was a little overreactive on Twitter. Um, But also... Like that's her husband. Her husband is like ninety-seven years old. He shouldn't have been up there in the first place. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, and and yeah, she she may have have been what some would would call overdramatic. I, I I don't, you know, I've I've never had a spouse get knocked out cold on live TV on a um on a worked sport. So I I, I don't know, um, I don't know how I would react in that moment. Um, or, or in the aftermath. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it just, it, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was an unfortunate, and accidents happen. I mean, you know, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, um, 
when we were talking about payback and I said I, I was re-watching some old ones and there was the one where um, it was the Enzo and Cass versus the Vaude villains and Edzo, Enzo's head got just bounced off of the bottom rope in the, in the mat and like match stops, take him out, you know, and I get there wasn't a stipulation tied onto that one, but it's like you're you know, you're in control of the show. Like obviously everybody watching it can be aware that something something bad happened. So, you know, you can easily just come out and, and say, whether it's Tony, whether it's one of the EVPs, I don't care. You can come out and say, Hey, obviously, um, something happened. The match was a no contest. Uh, so therefore Matt did not lose. Uh, Sammy didn't win. Uh, once Matt is cleared to compete, we're going to redo this thing and, um, and, and, and go from there just as we did before, whether it's on the anniversary show or the next pay-per-view or what have you, like you, you're, you're, you're literally in control of, of what you want to do with your show. Um, Matt, any, any thoughts on the way this all went down? No, I mean, there's no real, like, clear cut. I mean, there, there should be a protocol at this point. But again, it, it's so tough to, to even say what causes, you know, the concussion because the smallest thing can. So um, I don't really have any kind of knock on what happened. Um, you know, certainly would like to see some more research and awareness done across the board. This isn't just wrestling you know, specific, but, you know, the concussion injury itself is just, I think, kind of an unknown thing at this point. So you just kind of have to, you know, unfortunately just take it as in stride. So I don't know. I, I can't really fault, you know, you know, the company for that. And, you know, some things could have been said afterwards a lot better. Sure. But, um, and, you know, and, Rebby's reaction, I think it was a little bit over, but at the same time, if, if it's your spouse, you know, sure. in the moment, you're probably going to get caught up a little bit. You know, I think I think Charlie and, and Intermark will get your thoughts here. Charlie has a great comment. He says, concussion or not, uh, Matt was out and in no condition to continue. And and, and to me, I you know, I think that's, you know, that's the part. And, and obviously, you know, we've we, this isn't just a, an AEW issue because I think we've seen at times – um, in the past, I think if you go back to, I think there was a SummerSlam where Kurt Angle was knocked out. Um, I think there's been times even in within the past year, year and a half where I think Kyrie Sane, um, kind of had her bell rung a little bit. And I, and I, if I remember right, she finished the match. Um, so this isn't just an AEW problem. It just came to light. And I think also too, one of the reasons why for me, I, I looked at it as, wow, you're really, you're really playing this like you're hammering the, the point on the protocol, the word protocol, when the Khan family owns an NFL team who has a certain protocol, which obviously the do I mean, the doctors are different. I don't think the, the Jaguars doctor and uh, AEW's doctor is the same person. But, like, if you own an NFL team, you have a certain protocol, which a concussion test is a lot longer than what they did with Matt Hardy. And to me, that's where I was like, Man, you're you're really beating that word to death. Uh, intern Mark, your thought because I know you watched the show. Um, your thoughts on on how it all went down? 
was correct, Jim. I was watching it live as it happened. It was uh, it was very scary. As soon as uh, they came down off that, I think it was a scissors lift or some type of device, and they cleared the table and basically landed right on the concrete, and it was not good. Um, and Aubrey gave the X. Actually, I think she did it twice. Yeah. Before they had the doctors in there, and uh, boy, I thought for sure that was the end of the match. And I mean, honestly, uh, the fact that they started it up and just went to the uh, the end spot, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of uh, the wrong thing to do. But it looked like Matt couldn't even climb up that scaffold to to jump off there. It, it was it was really bad and scary. But I'm no doctor, um, but I'm glad Matt is okay. But I, I really don't know how that match continued after that spot. It was, it was ugly. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that was the part too. Is is you're having a guy climb up scaffolding and Sammy Guevara, and you know, I I I don't know a lot about Sammy's history pre AEW. You know, I thought you know, given the circumstance that he was put in, he didn't. You know, I, I don't think he really knew how to take control of that situation because, like, I know at one point he tried picking Matt up. Well, they were still, um, you know, you know, back in the, uh, you know, where where the whatever I guess it's the the concourse between Daly's place and the the stadium. Um, you know, Sammy's trying to pick him up. Matt can't even put any weight on his on his feet. He's he's stumbling. Um, so yeah, it was just it, it was it was bad on on all fronts. And and the, the, my my only thoughts on the show is. Um, you know, th- this is kind of AEW's WrestleMania, and and this was the first time, and that that to me they really missed on a pay per view. Um, you know, I don't know if if the the heat and humidity, because apparently it was like in the mid nineties in Jacksonville, and and you know humidity was high, and under the lights and everything in the ring, it was it was over a hundred degrees or whatever. Um, but the whole show felt really really flat to me. Um, the, the, the tooth and nail match was, was really bad. Um, I thought Sheeta and Thunder Rosa was, was the best match of the night. Those two women, uh, went out and kicked ass. Um, but, but overall, it, you know, and it, and it happens. I mean, we've seen WWE swing and a miss, uh, on, on pay-per-views before. Um, this is the first time AEW really had one. And I don't know if it, if it was the stink of the whole show but even the, the the main event matches, the um, the tag team championship match, and and even the world title match, um, just just felt really bad. And the show felt long. I think we've got I've gotten used to, you know, two and a half, two hour, forty five minute pay per views this summer, and it just uh, it it felt it felt long. It felt bad. It felt boring. Mark, uh, I think on my. When I graded the show match by match, I think it came out to a C um, in terms of matches, but over, like it, it felt even worse than that. Mark, do you have a letter grade for AEW All Out? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would give it a solid C as well. I I think I'm partially to blame mentally. I went in there expecting a really excellent show, and not that it was a a bad show, but I had such high expectations. Um, and I, I was a bit disappointed. Um, it was just kind of missing something. And I, and honestly, by the main event time, I just wanted it to be over. I was tired. And I had to drive home. <laughs> it was uh, five hours. Um, 
it, I was a little fatigued by the time it was wrapped up. But, yeah, it just was not the uh, AEW performance I was hoping for. Yeah, um, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, so a solid, a solid C. Yeah, it 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 was uh it wasn't their best work. I think they redeemed themselves uh last night uh, on Dynamite. Um you know, Dynamite was a good show. Um so they didn't they didn't let a miss on a pay-per-view define them and 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 knock them off track. Uh so I will give them I will give them credit for that. They got right back on the uh on the hang the hangman's horse and uh and and kept going. So um We'll we'll close up there with AEW um, for at least for now, uh, and go on to kind of the the news that started last Friday, and it's kind of developed through the week over the weekend, and it's the the latest controversy, the latest uh, you know the latest dust up as it as it comes to uh, WWE. And if you're following along in the live video, give it a uh, <laughs> give it a. Uh, like and a share we'd appreciate that i like lou here lou lou has a great comment he says if it was a uh wwe show i'm saying it was an a minus absolutely lou gets it lou knows what's up darn right lou welcome in um but uh okay so i last i think it was last friday right around the start of smackdown a little bit uh you know during smackdown i can't exactly remember the time it started coming out that the WWE had issued a uh, edict to its superstars that they had to get off all third-party websites, Cameo, YouTube, Twitch, things like that. Um, and the even during Friday night, the story kind of developed is like, you know, is it um, is it all accounts? Is it certain accounts? How does this impact like up, up, down, down? Um, how, you know, which I thought, I, I don't think it's going to impact that one because I like that tip. I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to impact up, up, down, down because WWE features that. Um, and then I think over the weekend, cause I think Paige had put out a tweet or something that said like, basically like, no way am I shutting down my Twitch account. And I think over the weekend it started to come out that, um, all they had to do was change their accounts to their real names. And then I guess, uh, after Monday night raw, the, they had a, they had a meeting and that it was clarified that at least with the YouTube and Twitch accounts, um, that they can retain their accounts, but they have to use their real names, not the WWE names. And they have to let the company know, um, what services they are on. There's still some confusion or lack of clarity on cameo. Um, but we'll see if that gets cleared up over the next couple of weeks. Um, Tim, I know you, you, you and Marcus talked a little bit about this on, um, final wrestling place this past weekend. That was pre some of the clarification from Monday. So I'll, I'll, I'll lead to you first. Um, because obviously I know you're a Twitch guy as well and, and, uh, you probably have some thoughts here. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of conversation that we, we had on final wrestling place that is worth bringing back up on this program. Sure. I don't, I don't know how many people actually subscribe to final wrestling place that they're also three count Thursday listeners, but should be all of them, by the way, it's, 
and it's not meant to be a shameless plug, but Marcus and I actually had a really good conversation because it's the this is the one topic that <laughs> where both of my interests intersect and actually bring in a jock like Marcus <laughs> to care about video games. No, I'll give the shameless um, plug. Everybody that listens to this show should also listen to and subscribe to Final Wrestling Place because clearly if you're here, you're a wrestling fan. You will enjoy that show. Hopefully. If you like podcasts and we we kinda we don't just we don't just stick to wrestling. No. Uh even though it seems like we do. We just don't really talk about current stuff. Um, <laughs> but we did with uh this. Um it's been about twenty something odd years since WWE or wrestling in general has looked at the way contracts uh work it was uh the outsiders who were sick of the way wwe was paying people and i was like oh well how does he get this much money but i was ahead of him on the card and so on and so forth which led to wcw not necessarily doing guaranteed contracts because WCW did guaranteed contracts. And I promise all of this will make a point in a second. Um, but WCW was doing uh, guaranteed contracts. We were also doing favored nations deals where when a person gets signed, they would have to be signed for an equal price of what someone else who was comparable to them was making. Um, with all of that said, WWE has kind of been in this, situation of being the only game in town and being able to do contracts however they want unfortunately the current wrestler base are lifelong wrestling fans who are also millennials and we love video games Mm. we also like to lift weights and do other stuff but we like our video games and we our generation is more of a creative generation why is there so many podcasts? Why does everyone have a YouTube channel? Why does every why do some people stream on Twitch? I mean, this, that, and the third. There's the creative outlet for the age group of the current WWE superstar, 40 and under, are creative. And until WWE found out <laughs> that there's money to be made on Cameo and on Twitch. They didn't really care. And then somehow either, either the new day podcast narked on everybody because <laughs> Kofi and biggie keep talking about their cameos or the fact that everyone on the WWE roster was probably walking around backstage with their cell phones, filming stuff for their YouTube channel. Uh, it's, it's just, it's weird that WWE wants to take away the creative outlets of, of their superstars, especially if they may not be fulfilled at their job. Right. If you're not necessarily the happiest where you are, you find something to do that makes you happy. Something that gives you fulfillment and you can stay at a bad job longer if you're finding your fulfillment somewhere else. And since AEW is allowing people to be more expressive, 
they've cut down the number of dates they work, which now WWE has carried that over. And now they are adopting the AEW smaller work schedule, only doing televisions and pay-per-views. WWE needs to go back to the drawing board and figure out. Now I'm not saying go the way of the Yang gang. And this is the time where we (laughs) need unions because I'm, politics aside there's there's two sides of a coin of unions i don't see the need for the union i understand there's benefits behind it but there is something along the way of like a collective bargaining sure sure some would say that these wrestlers who have their twitch accounts and have their youtube accounts and things like that are using the names that they use in the wwe to drive to to drive money to themselves and therefore taking away from the wwe right i am of the interpretation that they are not they are not using their names because i watch them on twitch and i watch them on youtube nobody uses their real name up up down down everyone who's featured has to have a gamer tag every wrestler who's featured does not use their names no one. But doesn't they, hadn't like Paige's Twitch account and I think um didn't AJ Styles WWE. Right. So like all she had to do was remove that. All Styles I guess would have to do was remove that. But AJ owns his name. Oh, that's right. So yeah. AJ owns Styles Clash. Like he owns Well, but he owns AJ Styles. But see, and that that kind of comes into the the maybe complicated nature of what what does what does his contract state he can do with said name? Right. And I, I think that it's going to, I think this is really catered towards cameo mm. because the verbiage of it was, because there was talks of there uh, from sources I have heard from. There's a lot of gray area in the contract language. Okay. Like what exactly is a third party? What likenesses does WWE own? There was a rumor going around that WWE actually owns the real names of the people who work for them. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that is a thing. I don't either. But <laughs> now, there's gray area. Right, but again, and, if and, if yeah. I think there was at we, one point because I saw and I don't know if it was and it had to be coincidental because the Howard Stern show wasn't live the last two weeks. And they will they will put up some old content on their YouTube channel. And there was an interview. They put up a lot of old wrestler interviews. Like Stephanie McMahon was on there one time. Vince was on there. John Cena was on there. And they were talking to John Cena about the fact that WWE owns, or at least owned at the time, John Cena's government legal issued name. So that mm-hmm. no matter you know, no matter what he did, WWE got a cut of anything that John Cena did, you know, whether it was movie, whether it was commercial, whether whatever it was, because, you know, his name was owned by the WWE. He said in an interview with Howard Stern that he had no issue with that because, like, he owes his fame and popularity to the WWE. So, so again, the rock was the rock was the same way. I remember very similarly on an episode of Howard Stern, the rock was on and they asked, well, who owns the rock? And this was after The Rock had been done with WWE. And apparently after The Rock left WWE, 
he struck a deal with Vince and actually bought the yeah. rock off of Vince. Yeah, I don't know if Cena's done that because this interview was was years and, ago. And he, and he probably has. Like yeah. there's probably been a conversation in regards to that. Um and, and that's probably something else, but to be petty over the nickel and dimes that like these guys are making on the side for for cameo. Now, granted, cameo cameo people are charging like 250 300 well, i think alexa video. bliss was i think was up near 400 because there was the one and it right. was the saddest story of a guy like asked her out and she like now she right. let him down in the sweetest way possible but he got he paid 400 to be shut down hard by right. alexa bliss i um, mean maybe we maybe we need to set felicia rose up on cameo maybe maybe you know but here, here's a question. Audience. <laughs> here's a question too, that um, I think came out because I think one of the the at least speculations from this was the fact that on Lana's Instagram page, she is sponsored by a energy drink company that could be a potential conflict to the WWE and their sponsorship deals. Because to me, you know, yes, the the whole situation does have like a dirty stink to it, and I won't. I won't deny that, but in the same time, and I and I was talking to, to my wife and I was talking to some other people who are outside of the wrestling bubble, because inside the wrestling bubble, it can be very easy to, you know, look at WWE as the dirty corporate businessman, and they've not done things at times to shy people away from that opinion either, so I'm not, this isn't me defending them. But I, I like presented this scenario to my wife and some other people, and they're like, oh, WWE is just protecting their sponsorship, their money, their assets. And that, that was kind of the thought I had. And, it, and if it did stem anything from what Lana did, because all it's going to take is one company that sponsors WWE to throw up, throw up a red flag, maybe throw a lawsuit their way. And other sponsors, because the WWE is not going to be sponsored by, by they're not going to be sponsored by mom and pop shops. They're sponsored by major corporations, major corporations that probably aren't really looking deeply into every place that their money's at. However, if the WWE would have a conflict or a lawsuit, then all of those other companies that sponsor with the WWE are going to go, huh? What's happening over here? Let me look into this. And it could it could be a little bit of an avalanche. So I thought maybe that is it was at least part of the catalyst to to this this sudden change to what the WWE I am glad that at least as of um as of this past Monday it seems like they're kind of clarifying because it was a 30 day time period from from last what Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that so mm-hmm. I I figured that by the time we clear 30 days that a lot of this stuff is going to be hashed out a lot of this stuff is going to be clarified they're going to find some middle ground. Like I, I, at no point did I actually think that every WWE superstar that's on YouTube and Twitch and, and cameo, we're going to keep an eye on because that does seem to be the, maybe the, the, the one that's a, a little bit more problematic. I, I don't think that everybody that's on these platforms is going to have to shut their accounts down. I really don't. I think they're going to find some middle ground because again, you're not doing house shows. You're doing limited superstars on each show so yeah got people are hurting right now so there's got to be a middle ground 
Yeah, and Up, Up, Down, Down is actually a WWE-owned entity at this point. So they're saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, w- Creed actually sold, I think. I think because Up, Up, Down, Down just opened their own shop. And it is powered by WWE. So WWE oh, okay. is making all of Up, Up, Down, Down's merch. They've got replica Up, Up, Down, Down and Left, Right, Left, Right titles. Well, I remember, uh, I remember when the Up, yeah. Up, Down, Down title came out. Yeah. And so WWE is like, w, this is now, Up, Up, Down, Down is Z True Long Island story, except Up, Up, Down, Down has so much more legs. And t- cracking down on all third-party content kind of hurts up, up, down, down in a way because you're taking the people who are featured on up, up, down, down, and you're letting them break out and do something else to get a new audience. Because sometimes they're not going to watch something that's just up, up, down, down, but they love Adam Cole. But Adam Cole streams on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the, ch- or ch- the Chugs Live, I think. So he gets he gets his viewer base, but then he cross promotes up up down down. He pulls oh, the Twitch okay. audience to YouTube, the up up down down owned property. <laughs> like same thing with any like AJ and Styles, the, and that's featured. And that's where I hope that 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 conversations can be had, but with especially some of the bigger names within WWE, the Adam Coles, the uh, the the guys in the New Day, AJ Styles. They can have these conversations. Be like, look. It's, like it's the new day that has to drive this because I agree. That's I agree. Why, that's why I made the analogy to the outsiders and the click because it was a group of people that were very profitable uh, with the company and they stemmed the change aside from your John Cena's and like your undertakers or your, um, your shield guys, like the money makers of WWE is the new day. Absolutely, and and they're reaching an audience that that's far beyond wrestling too. Mm-hmm. So, like, and I think you in you, more ways than one, right? And I think you touched on this, um, you know, on Final Wrestling Place that WWE does kind of have to tread carefully with this because if if you if you lose them, if you lose th- those three guys as as a group. I think that is going to hurt the WWE more than losing a lot of talent on the WWE roster. If you even lose one of them. Well, yeah. You lose the whole package. Sure. You can't you can't be the new day. WWE would think WWE would probably think, "Oh, well, if we can keep Kofi and we lose Xavier and Big E, that's fine." No, it's no, not. No. No. You just lost the two charismatic ones of the group and right. you kept the worker. You've had Kofi. You had Kofi for like eight years before the new day. So like what? <laughs> like Kofi was Kofi was Intercontinental Champion. And and that's really it. It wasn't until the New Day where Kofi got legs and, and, and found found his big stride. And like say you keep you let go of Big E and but you keep Xavier and Kofi. Yeah. Okay. I- You've got a new Rusev on your hands. Right. We just saw what Miro did. We just saw the reaction that Miro got. Well, and we we saw AEW. how we saw how bad WWE failed with Rusev. And they they fail time and time again with other guys. Yeah. So they, yeah. They have failed and they will continue to fail because sure. one of the 
The best and worst thing about WWE is all the talent goes there. Right. But when everyone is super talented and everyone can be a main eventer, then no one can be a main eventer. And then you just get stuck with the same guys at the top. Sure. You get your Seth Rollinses and your Roman Reigns and your Bray Wyatts and your Bronny Strowmanses. And that's why you bring back guys like Goldberg and guys like Brock Lesnar because you just, they're proven commodities and you don't have faith. There's a reason why Kofi Kingston hasn't had another sh- a shot at the WWE title. Yeah. Or any, any singles title. Yeah. Like uh, there's a reason like they, they barely pulled, they, some, they, they're hot and cold on Daniel Bryan. They're hot and cold on AJ Styles. Well, I think, I think like part of the reason they cold off on, on Daniel too, is, is once he got through the intercontinental title tournament, then he, he went to uh, be with pregnant Brie. Yeah. So, you know, once, once he returns, you know, we'll see if and how uh, he gets utilized there. It looks like we lost Ryan. Um, Matt or Mark, do you got you know, Tim and I have kind of kind of carried some of the uh the conversation here. Do you guys have some thoughts on on um what has become a, a pretty pretty hot topic here with the uh with the WWE? I mean, I think that's kind of status quo for WWE in that they always just try to find ways to I guess monetize their stars the best they can as well so um you know trying to limit some of what they're doing outside i guess it makes sense because you know wwe is going to want a piece of that pie but um at the same time like tim said this is a creative generation so i mean it's it might have been accepted back in the day in the 80s when there wasn't you know much of a need outside of this, you know, you're getting your checks, you're going to your appearances, but there's no other real platforms back then. Um, but you know, WWE has to evolve. And I think that a lot of this sometimes is just Vince, like still not really getting anything that goes on outside of wrestling. Like he probably had no clue what Twitch, what cameo even was until someone mentioned this to <laughs> probably him. Probably still like, doesn't, let's be honest. <laughs> what, what's this? How, how can I make money off this? What, what are we doing here? So, um, I mean, it, and it's, I don't think it's going to work out the way they have planned. Um, you know, I, I think that they're going to have to lose this one, but it's for the best for the company. Yeah, and that was another question I had too, is, is, the, is I was wondering almost immediately, is the WWE doing this because they're finding their own way, whether it's within Twitch and YouTube and all that? I mean, their their YouTube hits have practically become a, a, a TV ratings for them. But are they looking to either do something with those sites or something they create to monetize within themselves as well? They already have a Twitch channel. But I think from what you and Marcus were talking, they don't utilize it properly in any way, shape, or form. They don't because I don't think they don't really have Twitch is mainly for gaming. Like there are other there are other big brands that have Twitch channels that do announcements or things like that. But they're normally like the NBA, I don't think, has a Twitch channel. I don't right. think Major League Baseball has a Twitch channel. Um, 
I don't think the UFC has a Twitch channel. But if the WWE wanted to, they used to do at WrestleMania a SmackDown versus Raw tournament. Right. That should be hosted on the WWE a Twitch Twitch channel. Uh, not on YouTube. It should be on Twitch because it's gaming and it, it, it's the same thing. Um, but also like Twitch is also expanding outwards too. Like it's, it is a solid medium. It's, it's also still growing. Like it, it it's had a big boom, but it's still like, it's still uh, pretty one of in, the most, infantile one of the most pro- from a, yeah. from a large scale. I mean, uh, there's been, it used, it used to be called justin.tv. If people remember that. I mean, I know yeah. back at the start of, you know, the, the the COVID, the outbreak and the quarantine and stuff like that, like um, NHL's Twitch channel or the Washington Capitals Twitch channel or something did a where Alex Ovechkin played Wayne Gretzky mm-hmm. uh, in NHL 20. And, you know, all of the, you know, throughout the show, all the donations went to charity. And it raised, like, I mean, it was uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, like, a year ago, would I have thought that that was the thing that was ever going to happen? No. Like, I I knew of, like, Twitch and stuff because, like, you did it. I knew a couple other people that did it. But I didn't know that, like, any celebrities and things like that were into it. So, I feel like on a large scale, it's it's still very, um, you know, very, like, uh, in its infancy. And yeah. and here and here in the the comments here and and I get where Charlie's going that he said if you get a cameo from Robert Downey you're getting Robert Downey or Iron Man you're probably getting Iron Man that's controlled by Disney you're not getting Steve Williams you're getting Steve Austin there's no difference correct that's correct yes. but it's 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 where do those lines get drawn I think that's where cameo is probably probably the biggest gray area because like Twitch and YouTube. Um, they already have a subscriber base and they can change their name now and, and things will, things will probably be copious on both sides. Right. Whereas cameo now it's, it, it, now it becomes a little, a little trickier because is at fight Owens fight on Twitter going to be able to, cause I know Kevin Owens has a cameo or he has like it's at fight Owens fight on cameo. Um, going to going to be able to plug the fact that he's on cameo or is he not because that's kevin owens wwe superstar you know those are those gray areas that need to be cleared up in the next 23 22 days right and there's there's still plenty there's still plenty of hashing out to be done there's a lot left on the table and charlie makes an excellent point but it's also the same thing for like uh for meet and greets or uh, big conventions. If you go to like a comic con or something and you're meeting an actor, you're obviously meeting the actor because you saw the actor in something, but you're not necessarily meet your, the fan is meeting the character, but the person is making the money and the person is using, it just so happens that the person's likeness is also the likeness of the person they see on television. Right. And that's what it is. It's not, they're not showing up in full regalia. They're not like in Captain America armor or the Iron Man suit. And Biggie's not showing up in his gear with pancakes. Like, 
he's he's doing his thing and yeah. like they and aren't it, really they're not really making connections to like themselves and, it's, I, and, it's, and I had seen kind of a great analogy in, in which you know somebody somebody had kind of compared it to like um yeah if you're if you're getting if you're if you're doing a meet and greet something like that or you know is is who played captain america is it is it uh chris evans chris evans okay yeah. so somebody made the comparison like you know are you are you meeting chris evans or are you meeting captain america like he's not he's not only able to do captain america spots i'm like yeah but if he signed some sort of deal with disney that said um you know, for the next three years, you can only be in Disney films and, you know, do meet and greets or whatever as a Disney character, whether it's Captain America or anything else that you're in, then he probably can't go and make money as so-and-so or whatever, you know. So, it, again, right. it comes he down. Can't, he can't go as Iron. Like, he can't, he can't go as Captain, Captain America. America. And, that's, and that's part of the problem with... The WWE, well, not the problem, but like one of the issues with WWE is that, like, just like with soap operas, right. people have people have a hard time differentiating between the person and who they see on television. They see Seth Rollins and they think, "Oh, that's the bastard that poked Rey Mysterio's eye out," <laughs> and not, "Oh, that's the guy who's going to be a dad in like four months." Right. And really, Seth Rollins is the really nice guy who's going to be a dad to the chick that everybody loved on wrestling. Sure. But everyone who knows who Seth Rollins is, Oh, he's the guy that broke up the shield. He's, (laughs) he's that guy. He's that asshole. (laughs) And you, you're instinctively making that connection. And there, there's, there's a split between like, uh, Matt made a point about how the stars in the eighties, you know, the, the opportunities weren't there. One, the platforms weren't there Two, Everybody was a wrestler. And they, you really didn't see what their, what their, uh, interests were, but you kind of did Hulk played music. Hulk found a way to go out and play guitar and do other stuff. Coco beware helped with the, the pile driver album. He was, he was into music. So he helped with pile driver. Um, and like those who wanted to got involved in different places. Um, and so like, it, it, it's, it's a little, it's a little bit different. Sure. Um, and, and like, that's the thing where like Charlie's talking about, if you go to the under, if you see the undertaker, yes, but I bet you it's not the undertaker. It's not going to be the undertaker. It's going to be Mark Calloway also well, known as, well, especially now after the, after the right. last ride, because yeah. I mean, hell WWE now granted anything, the undertaker or Mark Calloway does at this point. Um, is still under the umbrella of WWE because he's still, you know, he's still uh, the uh, an old school guy who's going to do everything by the company line. But I also believe that Vince has pretty much said, "Go make your money wherever you want." Oh, I don't doubt that. But whenever I break the glass, you got to come out. You got to do your song and dance. You got to put your coat on and yeah. go out there. Yeah. And like you gotta, you don't gotta wrestle, but you gotta give me Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. Um, choke slam somebody intern mark any 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 thoughts on this i know uh we hadn't gotten to you yet oh that's all right i'm uh you know it's really unprecedented uh or uh uncharted i should say uncharted territory for uh wrestling really any kind of uh 
entertainment industry, but I can see both sides of it for sure. When WWE wants a cut of any kind of money that their wrestlers are making off of their name. But on the other hand, I can see the uh, the wrestlers, especially right now with the uh, house shows being were not happening and appearances not happening. So it's a tough call, and I think they'll uh, kind of work something out. Hopefully both sides are happy. But, yeah, it's uh, whatever deal they kind of come up with here, I imagine it'll be a set the precedent for how it's going to be in most companies with uh, multimedia and, and how the uh, money's divided up there, I guess you could say. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, definitely, and it's gonna be it's gonna be something we're gonna keep our eye on over the next uh, over the next couple of weeks. Does anybody have any other uh, thoughts on this uh, on this situation? Um, obviously, last Friday it it, it 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 very much looked very dirty um, with the WWE. I think I think some of it started to shake out a bit. I mean, other some people are gonna have their opinions. Um, one way or the other, but right. you know, I, I you know, I, I, and immediately I thought it's it's just it's them from a corporate standpoint protecting their their corporation, and that that's what corporations do. And that's another thing too, like, and not to like belabor the point because I know we've got so much more other stuff to talk about, but like the other underlying part of this is that WWE feels the the ability to control these control the their talent yet all of their talent are technically independent contractors who are 1099 employees which is exactly what you are when you stream on twitch as well so um you are a part of the platform but like wwe uses independent contractor for their benefit and not the benefit of the employee um where I don't think AEW superstars are 1099. Yeah. Um which I, I don't know. I don't know the 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 structure of the AEW contract. Well, I, I tried looking into that too, because I know like one of the big tipping points too on 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 Friday from both fans and, and Andrew Yang as well um was the health insurance thing. And I know like AEW had said from the beginning that they were gonna offer um their superstars health insurance, but like I did a little quick research and I and I didn't follow up to, to verify it necessarily is that it, it seems like only people who are like AEW office workers, i.e. the EVPs, have the health insurance. Whereas guys like, let's say, Miro or guys like Kip Sabian or, or just, just wrestlers, quote unquote, don't have health insurance. Um, from AEW, and, and this isn't me trying to be like, hey, look, right. AEW is just as dirty, but AEW is run by billionaires who are businessmen. Like they they are still going to be businessmen, um, right? Because, but I also think that the the there the people who do have the benefits have dual contracts. I think that there is a talent contract. And then there is an office contract. Okay. So they're paid by appearance for their talent. But then they're but paid then by the office. Also, they're paid something else, which includes their benefits package and their retirement and whatever whatever else they have. Sure. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, so um Nikki here but, says uh in the comments, this is what happens when you work 
uh, for a corporation. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I am almost willing to guarantee that that most people here with a job, uh, every one of our jobs has a social media policy, mm-hmm. has Mine a does. has a media policy. Like, you know, if if something's going on in your industry, if somebody contacts you, um, you should not respond to that media person until you direct them to you the the media contact for your company, or you're probably gonna yeah. get in trouble. It, I. I work I work in a world of nonprofit. I don't work for nonprofits. I I I don't work for a nonprofit, but I work for nonprofits. Gotcha. And um I don't get involved in like No. Like I don't talk I don't talk tech. I don't really talk uh for business practices for uh uh, for nonprofit organizations, <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the legitimacy or illegitimacy of any organization that has a 501c3. Not my jam, but I'll talk all day about how I find it hilarious that if I go to NFL.com on the schedule and I see all these teams that have names, but then I look and I just see football team it makes me chuckle. <laughs> yeah. Um, Charlie adds here, he says, my point wasn't necessarily about Taker, uh, more of quality of third parties. WWE wants their talent associated with higher end product. And it's not even necessarily higher end products. It's just the products that provide them financially. So like you remember back a couple of years when, um, whatever the Mountain Dew energy drink was that sponsored the WWE. And every time you went to a camera shot of the commentary team, uh, it was like do start or quick start or something like that. Um, kickstart. Kickstart. Every time you went to the commentary team, they're sitting there going, mm, Mountain Dew quick start. So when Lana, WWE superstar Lana, is out here peddling an energy drink, uh, WWE probably not going to like that too much. Now, granted, it was a bang. Sure. But, but still. But, like, you know, um, if, if, it, if it is a conflict of interest to whatever – is providing the WWE money, then it's it's going to be a conflict of it. Because if Lana gets sponsored by Coke and WWE sponsored by Pepsi, there's a problem there. Like, yeah, like and that's if, what it boils down. And and to break it down for a couple, uh, like the people who are listening and they're like, they like third party products like Twitch and stuff like that. Twitch is owned by a little small mom and pop called Amazon. And, I think I've heard of them. And YouTube is obviously a, <laughs> a intellectual property of media conglomerate Google. Um, it's all there. So um, at least for those products, like at least for that, for them, I just think, I think taking away that opportunity is a is a is a way to get rid of cross promotion, but also a way to like really stick it to. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Still- Ryan jumped here because because he was having some some lagging issues. This is a different streaming service that we're using tonight. Um, mm-hmm. So we're working out some of the kinks here. And he says, "Let's uh, call." I think he's him. joining us by Periscope. He is joining us also, by Periscope. Also, a WWE partnered third party. Yes. Um, remember when they used to own Tout? I do remember that. If anybody can remember what Tout is. Uh, Ryan, so that's called Cameo What It Is, a cash grab for celebs. Uh, these wrestlers are celebs because of WWE. 100%. 100%. 
That is 100% accurate. So, um, you know, this is obviously going to be something, like I said, it's around, it's around three weeks now. Tomorrow, or I think today, actually, is, is, is three weeks till they have to shut down their accounts or change their accounts or whatever it is. So we'll kind of keep watch uh, on, on what this is and uh and stay abreast of that so uh if you're following along live video we love the comments we love being able to throw them up here uh on the video as we go now something we talked to ryan too for still using periscope right. you know Big ups. absolutely <laughs> absolutely um also, also love having these i love having these kind of conversations with you boys and with the people in chat like it's uh this is very much like the bar like a barber shop where like we can we can talk and we can disagree and we can spitball ideas off each other and then know that whenever the diner opens Hi, back Scotty. up we're breaking bread. Scotty. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Like I miss I miss our right. fucking diner trips. Um it's uh it's definitely been a bummer uh this year. Ryan also adds be smart uh like Ethan Page. His Twitter is Ethan Page played by Julian, his shoot name. So yeah, there you go. Um, and like Charlie said, exactly like quality control, uh, of their, uh, of their product. I um, miss her too, Ryan. Yeah, we all, we all miss her, Ryan. Um, but, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's jump ahead here. Obviously last night you could see the, the shirt behind me. Um, one of the big pieces of news from AEW last night is the best man, Miro, AKA Rusev, uh, joint. Now this is something I thought, I really thought he was going to join, um, or, or, or be unveiled on, on all out. I thought he was going to be the 21st man in the casino battle Royale. Uh, it was Matt Seidel who almost killed himself on a, on a slip spot in the corner. Botchamania ran wild, uh, for, um, for Matt Seidel on, on Friday night. Uh, yeah, I agree. Scotty skip Bayless is a jackass. Um, but I guess he got the reaction that he wanted today. Um, I don't know. Can we, what did skip Bayless do? Uh, well, I guess there's an article in The Athletic uh, where Dak Prescott, after uh, his brother's suicide, had talked about between that and the uh, pandemic, was uh, was dealing with a lot of mental health issues. And Skip Bayless more or less said that uh, Dak, Dak Prescott, as a quarterback and a leader on the team, should not be admitting that he has mental health issues. Um, Ooh, so, so everyone has to be superhuman. Yeah, so he Thank can, he can stick. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. What a jackass. Um, but obviously Miro, AKA Rusev, um, debuted with AEW last night. Um, and <laughs> Devin says he's going to be straight up with us. He says he thought that, uh, Eminem, it was Eminem at first. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the bleach blonde Rusev is a, uh, is a much different look, um, uh, than we are used to seeing. I like it though. Yeah, it, it it definitely it signifies something different uh, for him, uh, and th- he didn't do it just for AEW. If you've been if you follow him at along at all on on YouTube or whatever, um, you you have seen that he he did that a few weeks ago. Um, but uh, and then you 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 heard the clip on our intro. I I, I threw that on um, today. The you can take the brass ring and shove it up your ass. Um, I, I I love Rusev Miro in AEW. First off, he is going to look like a monster with that roster. There are very few people in that company that are going to look any bigger 
than Miro. So Miro immediately can and should have the rocket strapped to him. Because, I mean, he he is he compared to, you know, like, and I'm not just saying Marco Stunt. I'm saying the majority of that roster, Miro's bigger than. Um, but, and, and generally speaking, I don't like the presentation and promo style of a lot of, not only in, uh, AEW, but some guys in Impact as well, of a fuck you WWE guy. Like, that that gimmick or that style can only go so far. And then at some point you have to present something different for these guys. But for Rusev Miro, I, I got to keep saying it. I, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that that was his first promo because let's be honest out of, out of all the releases from April, Miro may have like the biggest and most legitimate gripe because that's a guy that got over big time. That's a guy that did and should have been. Who's the wait? Who's the other one? Well, no, he did it twice. Well, yes, you know, <laughs> once he, as a heel and once as a baby. Face. Right, and both times they screwed up. So, like, you bring a guy out on a tank and you put him against John Cena. If he wins that match, he's a made star at WrestleMania 31. And then when Rusev Day happens. Whether or not it was it was organic or not, whether it was by accident or not, the minute you had Rusev Day, he sh- he could or, and probably should have won a world title. They should have capitalized on that, and they didn't. And and every single time the rug was pulled out from under him. And I know on his like YouTube channel, he has said like he he doesn't he doesn't like hold anything against WWE, but like. From a from a wrestling standpoint, if a company is going to give him another shot, if a company is going to give him an opportunity, yeah, he should he should be able to take that and kind of give the middle finger to WWE. So he's like one of the few that I, I have absolutely no issue with that promo, and I don't want that to be his whole gimmick. But when you get introduced, you know, glass ceiling, ten years, brass ring, shove it up your ass. I have zero issue, and I loved that because he. He is one, and I said it when he got released, that's going to be one the WWE regrets. They don't regret a lot when it comes to talent releases. That's going to be one that I think the WWE, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, they might go, "Uh uh-oh, we we probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, You also forget the time, Jim, that um, Rusev and Summer Rae had the fantastic dog Ziggler promo <laughs> where Rusev <laughs> threw that fish down the aisle. I, you know, I did forget that moment. That was, so, that was one of the best ones. Occasions. I, I did forget that one. That was a great moment in wrestling history. I think we can pinpoint a lot of people that WWE has dropped the ball on, but um, you know, with that being said, a lot of the time it's just because they didn't catch on. Like, um, you know, I continued and will continue to pound the table that Luke Harper was just drastically underused in WWE. But at the same time, I mean, he was just part of the family, didn't really get the showcase he deserved. And then the whole tag team where him and uh, what's his face lost to the Usos like eight consecutive times. <laughs> it just kind of killed any momentum we could ever have for them. 
Uh, you know, same with Ryder. Got over for a little bit, had your favorite WrestleMania moment, Jim. Um, but, you know, again, just like kind of was just there. So I think Rusev really does Thing stand sucks. out to me. <laughs> really does stand out to me as one that like WWE will look back on. Say we really screwed the pooch on this one, kind of like they did with uh, two thirds of the three man band and eventually righted their wrong Correct. after <laughs> So, like, three years from now when uh, um, Heath Slater returns to win WWE Championship. Yep. (laughs) And just, like... Well, he's already super jacked. He just has to work his way through Impact and uh, then go back to NXT. Right. So, I mean, I think that's... Those are kind of people... And I I did see in the comments, you know, EC3 and, and, you know, Frank's not even here to say that, but yes. (laughs) Um, Another one that I think that they could have used in a very different way. Um, you know, Tim, you alluded to it earlier. If Ricochet is no longer part of the company, someone that, you know, was the face of Lucha Underground to an extent for so long, carried a company that everyone just loved for so long and then didn't really do a whole lot in WWE. But, you know, if you're making a Mount Rushmore of people who WWE didn't use properly, I think Rusev is in that discussion. I, I think the biggest difference, to, to Charlie's point, and I'll put the comment back up here on screen, um, he said Eric Young, EC3, Mike Bennett, uh, believe are going to be the biggest regrets of WWE. The difference with those guys and with Rusev slash Miro, Eric Young and EC3 and Mike Bennett were known outside of WWE. EC3 was a star in Impact Wrestling. Eric Young was a star in Impact Wrestling. Mike Bennett was a star, I believe, more with Ring of Honor. Rusev was homegrown. Rusev was a guy that they cultivated. They had, like he said last night, 10 years in that system, in one house, and they screwed it up. So, yes, I, I do. I don't, I don't disagree that... EC3, the fact they never gave that guy a mic, still still baffles me. Whether you agree or not, because um, I think, Tim, you have different opinions than we do on, on, on EC3, but the guy is gold on the mic, and the fact that WWE never gave him this stick and let him do what he does is baffling to this day. Um, Mike Bennett, super talented. Eric Young, super talented, but you don't, you don't necessarily look at Mike Bennett and, and Eric Young as – typical quote-unquote WWE stars, typical w- Vince guys. You look at, at Rusev and what he was and at his size and the fact that he was charismatic on the mic, like he had everything to be a WWE star. And the fact that he became a star on multiple occasions – and they found a way to pull the rug out and screw it up multiple times. Like Devin brings up a great point. The the Royal Rumble in 2018, like, and, and Devin was there because I think that was the one that was in Philly. Like, and and I get it. Like, you're probably not gonna gonna pull an audible at the 11th hour when you get down to the final four of the Royal Rumble. More times than not, I'm sure it's happened, but you're probably not gonna do it at that point. But like. If you would have flipped that switch, if you would have made that call at that Royal Rumble and Rusev would have won, like, imagine how much different things could have been. 
it, it would have been it would have been wild. Like like this is a WWE miss big time because like I mean Eric Young again Eric Young Mike Bennett Mike Bennett I think has an NWA title match this weekend. Like those guys are going to be fine. EC three is going to be fine whether he permanently lands in in Impact or he permanently lands in uh, in Ring of Honor whether he does end up landing in in AEW he's going to be fine. And the WWE may end up getting them later at again some point. Doubtful on the Bennett side, um, but like uh, Rusev Miro definitely is is a is a is a huge huge miss with WWE. Tim, I think the difference between Miro and the other people that have been mentioned that were uh, released, uh, Eric Young and EC3 and. And um, I'm trying to remember the name. Mike Bennett, Bennett is unfortunately I can go anywhere and pull any three guys and they look like an Eric Young, a Mike Cody. Bennett or an EC3. Do you know how many jacked white guys there are out in wrestling? All of them. <laughs> All of them. There's a lot of jacked white guys. There's a lot of skinny, bald white guys. Right. And and that's not and that's not to take away no. from how talented Eric Young is and how charismatic EC3 is and how dynamic Mike Bennett is. But Rusev hits a different audience. European super athlete, like actual legit, like um and I'm very excited for Rusev or Miro to be able to show his actual personality, who he is as a person on AEW television. Yeah. Um, his style, like the way he, the way he dresses, the way he acts very different than Rusev. And I think that people who people like Nikki, who aren't necessarily the biggest Rusev fans might turn a page and, and actually get into Miro because Miro's a guy. Um, WWE's done this to me. Miro is more analogous to another time that WWE let one of their homegrown stars leave and go to the competitor to make a name for themselves. And that is Christian Cage. Christian was a part of WWE for a long time in a rut. Didn't really have anywhere else to go. Christian wanted to bet on himself. Uh, and WWE thankfully gave him that opportunity. And he went to Impact Wrestling and crushed it. And became a main eventer. Became a multi-time world champion. And when his season, when his time was up, with Impact Wrestling, he came back to WWE, and where was he? Right near the top of the card. You got World Heavyweight Championship Christian. Granted, Edge had to die for Christian's sins. Edge had to retire so Christian could get the world title. But Christian was also focused, featured as the big star of, EC, of, of WWE CW, which regardless of whether people think that that's serious or not, it was their third brand and they took it quite, they took it serious enough. And Christian was the star of that brand. Like, 
and Christian was having bangers with a lot of like the young guys that were coming into WWE. Um, Miro going to AEW is very analogous to that. Um, yeah, to, 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 to my point, Charlie says, uh, the last time EC3 or e- Eric Young was on WWE television, he thought he was Ken Kennedy. <laughs> I make my point. Like, I, I'm not... I'm not trying to be facetious, but it's like um, a topic in wrestling in 2020, but also in more recent years is representation. And to have many different looking types of people is big. Even in that one segment with Kip Sabian and picking his best man, you know, you had Penelope Ford and, and Kip Sabian. And then you get independent wrestling star Puff. Puff does not look like a wrestler. Puff looks like my cousin. We were in the same room to each other and we were like the the Spider-Man meme where we were just looking at each other like, what? Like Puff, me and Puff are almost the same guy. So in this one segment, you've got the I think I think Kip Sabian is is he Australian or New Zealand? I forget where uh, Kip Sabian is. Absolutely one of those. Uh, I'm gonna look it up because I'm gonna feel really horrible if he's not. He's, he's from the UK. Sorry. Wow. It's all the Commonwealth. It's all the Commonwealth. <laughs> so you've got Kip Sabian. You got Penelope Ford. You bring out Puff, who looks like me. Then you wow. bring out third generation or second generation star, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. How much does he look like his old man? Hey, but he doesn't wrestle like him. And then <laughs> oh, you get sure. Rusev. So just there, the representation that's there of people who get featured on AEW goes from guy you've never heard of to guy whose dad you loved to Rusev. So, like, there's a lot of representation being brought forward in AEW, in, in AEW. And that's, like, that's another reason why, not to make it a WWE topic, but that's why I'm kind of here for the Hurt Business. I love the Hurt Business. I do, too. I I'm absolutely all here for the love the Hurt Business. They got me to love Bobby Lashley in the in the year 2020, which is not a simple thing to do. I've never been a... Lashley guy but man like and and I guess this is this is a little bit more as he was presented in impact um yes because this is this it's almost a ripoff of the beatdown clan kind of yeah kind of yeah, has that with feel MVP to it. and Bobby Lashley and Samoa Joe and Kenny uh Kenny King yes yeah but I, I like Alexander it. is Kenny King Yes, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Charlie says, to Tim's point, I, the last time he, Eric Young was on WWE TV, he thought it was Ken Kennedy. Um, he also says, uh, about AEW, why does everyone have to be paired with someone? Cage and Taz, Mir and Kip, Lance and Jake, Brody with Dark Order, uh, Nyla Rose with uh, Vicky Guerrero, um, the FTR with Tully Blanchard. And it's kind of smart, though. Because you're pairing a face you recognize, Taz, Miro, Jake the Snake Roberts, Luke Harper. 
and you're immediately pairing them with people you've never seen before. Fair. Brian Cage. Yeah. I, Kip Sabian. It just, uh, it, it, Luke a, Har- or, a uh, lot of those things Lance happen. Archer. A lot of those things happen within the last six months. And it just felt like every heel gets a manager. Like, it just every heel gets a manager. And like, they, they did in the 80s and nobody had a problem. That's true. It's just it, it is just very different than Bobby Heenan had thirty seven people he was managing. Well, <laughs> he managed everyone from the missing link to Andre to, to uh, Brooklyn Brawler to Warlord to Barbarian. Like he he managed everybody. Slick had everybody. Like the Heenan, not the Heenan family, the first family, Jimmy Hart's first family. Like it's it's very old, but that was wrestling. that was one manager for a lot of people. This is like every every bad guy gets a different manager, except that's for fine. Spears and FTR. But it it is yeah, it. I, I think it 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 also it is easier to tell more captivating stories when you add multiple pieces to the puzzle. That's why tag team wrestling. Is good ta- a good tag team match should be better than a good singles match because you've got more colors to paint with. Okay, yeah, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Um, intern Mark, your thoughts on uh, Miro and his debut in uh, in AEW? Well, I'll tell you what I thought the uh, AEW Dynamite show this week was was really good in the prior week and better than the pay-per-view, but I wasn't completely shocked. I was really expecting to see uh, Miro on the uh, the pay-per-view, but I really kind of, when he came out and said, said his piece about the WWE, I pretty much enjoyed that. It almost reminded me of when uh, the one, two, three kid or X-Pac came back to WWE after he left WCW and kind of talked about how WCW was. Um, but it was uh, it was a nice surprise. He's going to do really well. Uh, I can't wait to see him in some main event matches. And I really cannot understand how WWE missed the boat on him because, like everybody here is saying, he had every piece to be uh, just an incredible superstar, world champion, and WWE really dropped the ball on him. Yeah, no I, way to say but they they missed that big time. I feel like he checked all the WWE boxes. Uh, Charlie says here, the pairings don't necessarily make sense. Brody should be alone. Archer should be alone. Uh, Jake should be with the dark order. Miro should be. And here's it. Miro still could be alone. Like if, if we've know anything about wrestling weddings, they generally don't go well. So this, uh, this decision to have Miro be the best man may not work out for Kip Sabian. We don't know. Um, I do think AEW is making a mistake by not having Miro in a match next week. Unless is the wedding next week? I don't remember when the when the the Sabian and uh, Penelope Ford wedding is. Uh, Said so Nyla should be alone. I agree on. I definitely agree on Nyla and FTR. Um, I, I don't think they need managers. Uh, at least FTR, maybe Nyla. Yeah. Like, I think that there's a lot of. I think because we've seen. WWE exclusively over the last 20 years. They're like, we're kind of programmed to the way WWE does things. That's and like fair. everything there kind of a lot of that makes sense to like, 
to have to have pieces to have pieces that go together that make sense makes sense but the more intriguing story is to tell me why Jake fits with Lance Archer tell me why Vicky Guerrero fits with Nyla Rose the Tully Blanchard and FTR I'm completely fine with because that's a very big homage to Bobby Heenan and the Brain Busters. Okay. Tully Blanchard was a Brain Buster. That's them. So like he Tully is cultivating the new him. But why why do they need to be cultivated if they're already the greatest tag team in the greatest tag team division in the world? It, it you know what I mean? If if that's how they're presented from it's day Tully one. System. I guess I, I great. You're great. Great's only great until something greater comes along. Like why anybody who does any wrestler who, when you hear interviews, the only reason you do something is to be the best. FTR has always said they were the best. They haven't had a one-on-one match with the young bucks yet. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, And, and like, we're, 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 we'll get to that point, but, um, I think Tully Blanchard is, when, when you're the best, you don't settle on just being the best. You you <laughs> thirst for knowledge and you thirst. I will for say this better than best. Tully Blanchard with FDR feels Kitty a lot be- feels a lot better than Tully Blanchard with Sean Spears, who feels like a complete afterthought in in uh, in AEW anymore. Well, he's still. I think there's he still manages them. Oh, he does. Or, uh, he does on, on AEW Dark, that other show that I don't watch on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, because it's like thirteen matches. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot. There's a lot. If you, if you like wrestling, AEW, AEW Dark. AEW Dark. Um, Lutheran but, Serpentico. Or- <laughs> um, but yeah, another and, and here, another thing that that doesn't make sense to me. Um, from a, from a booking standpoint is last night like now it looks like Jericho and uh Jake Hager um are going towards the tag team titles. You already have a tag team in the inner circle. Why are you stealing their thunder, man? Like it just seems a bit illogical unless there's cracks in the foundation with the inner circle. Um I don't want to go too crazy with over analyzing Dynamite last night cuz I think it was a pretty good show. Um, Santana and Ortiz are busy. They are with a they guy's. Got, they got best friends. Yeah, and mom's minivan and stuff, which is, I mean, yeah. goofy and fun. I like it. Um, all right, let's uh, let let's keep going on here because last Friday night on SmackDown we saw the coronation ceremony, so to speak, of the new Universal Champion, uh, Roman Reigns, and. That may have been one of my favorite, if not my absolute favorite, Paul Heyman promos. The way that he spoke, the way that he stood so far behind Roman Reigns, um, the manner in which, because we just figured that uh, as it was presented from, from SmackDown the week prior, when they're sitting in the locker room together, and then Roman coming out late in the show, signing the contract, we're like, oh, Heyman's pulling the strings. Then Paul's like, uh-uh, this this guy called upon my services. This guy brought me to his level. Like, this is this is the Roman Reigns that we've wanted, I think, for a very long time. Like, th- like that promo, like, 
Reigns just standing there, stone jaw, and then like when he talked, even he talked in a different manner, a different tone than we have ever heard from Roman Reigns. Like, and it went from wreck everyone and leave to what is it like? Show up. What was the new shirt? Show up and win. Show up and win. Like I love it. I want to buy both of those shirts. Um, like I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, I'm here for this. We we will get to and I know Devin asked uh, about our thoughts on on him uh, taking on Jay Uso at Clash of Champions. We'll get to that. But your thoughts on on the the further development of this Roman Reigns Paul Heyman uh, pairing. Tim, we'll go to you first. I think there's a sound on your sounder on the soundboard. Is it that, uh, is it this act- one? <laughs> Close. Is it this one? That's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's the one. Well, it it's, um, it starts with and then it ends with. It's just a little. It's a little wiggle, and then there's a a big ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Paul Heyman cut. And then, and then a bit of. Come in my face. <laughs> It's everywhere, man. It's like uh, it's like Stan's dad. It's Randy Marsh just sitting in a chair, <laughs> just everything covered in Spider-Man. Yeah, goop. Um, but uh, it is it's it's so it's so good. I'm looking forward to this. Um, Paul Heyman's wordplay was very missed for me. Um, they're kind of already setting the scenes for something in the future. Uh, with with particular verbiage, where this champion will be better and better than any other champion before it, uh, which is kind of timely considering that somebody's merch is off WWE's website. Isn't there a pay per view in November where there's usually like a champion from one brand faces a champion from another brand? I don't know. Is that also going to happen at Clash of Champions since? Cesaro and Nakamura showed up on Raw. To well, that's happening at Pride. Raw this Monday. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. I hope that's um, the start of unifying some titles till we're out of this I, COVID I hope era. so, too, but we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, Roman being this guy, this... This is almost Hollywood rock. Almost. Um, we're getting there. We're, we're really getting there. Um... I am I'm interested to see where this goes and where the uh, the Jay Uso portion of this goes. I have an idea, um, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I, hope, we'll, I, I might be wrong. We'll get to there, Matt. Uh, any thoughts on 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 the further development of this Roman Reigns? We'll see. <laughs> I'm just going to play it safe. Because we've been teased with this version of Roman Reigns a That's few fair. times now. And we still are waiting for it. Just like we were all kind of waiting for that John Cena heel turn that never came to be. Um, I would love to see it. I hope it happens. I would like the direction it's leaning. But Vince is going to Vince. <laughs> uh, that's true. I, I will not fault you uh, on that one. Mark. Oh hi, Mark. Your uh, your thoughts on on this Roman Reigns? We'll get to the the Jey Uso part of this. Well, I'll tell you what. I really uh, 
I never saw this coming. I'll tell you that right now. There we go. The, uh, Give you a ding ding on that one. The uh, SummerSlam tagline. The uh, you'll never see it coming. Um, I'll tell you what. I pairing Heyman with anybody is going to be a boost to their career. If you ask me, or at least get them uh, to a higher level, um, especially for the the heat, the heel heat, if you will. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes from here, but like I'm a little cautious. Kind of like what Matt was saying too, and uh, was never getting that Cena heel turn. So we'll see what happens, but I, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts here anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, obviously the second part of it is we saw uh, Jay Uso win the Fatal Four Way uh, at the end of the night because uh, because of the um, the attack on Big E, which I love. I I, I thought. I didn't like Big E being put into that match because I think this is a slow burn to a potential Big E championship, maybe even at WrestleMania. Um, so you get Jey Uso in there, and then to I think to everybody's surprise, Jey Uso gets the win and is now the number one contender for the Universal title at Clash of Champions coming up, I think, in two weeks from this Sunday. Um, definitely didn't see that one coming. To, to play on the the uh, the SummerSlam tagline, but um, I feel like this can this can go one of two ways. Either these guys can actually go at each other and 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 have a, you know a long match, or and I I kind of tend to lean more this way. This could kind of be Jay join joining the family, if you will, like the the, the Heyman family, the Heenan family. And and laying down for Roman Reigns, I I could see it going more, um, you know, I don't want to necessarily go as far as saying finger poke of doom, <laughs> but something along those lines where where Roman just says, um, "Cause you know what to do," and 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 go, uh, you would say, "Oos, you know what to do." Exactly. Um, Tim, I know you had you had said you have some theories here because I think that may be the direction uh, we're heading with this. And there's already a name for it. It's called the Bloodline. There uh, it is. I, I that's what I think. That's where I think this goes. Um, I think that it's uh, to insulate Roman, especially if he isn't necessarily featured on WWE television every week. Uh, you have the Usos. Um, also, it's kind of symbolic in the fact that it's Jay Uso that takes Big E's spot from injury, much like Kofi Kingston took Mustafa Ali's spot for a title. So they're giving us some sentiments of that uh-huh. oh. moving forward. So um, B- Big E can feel some type of way. Uh, it gives Big E the opportunity to run through the Usos before getting to Roman. Um, we don't know how long Big E's out for with multiple lacerations from taking that white noise. One of my favorite things WWE's doing is like there'll be a backstage beatdown and they'll go to like the worst of the worst with injuries. Like when Drew McIntyre like got punted by Randy Orton, they're like he may have a fractured skull. Nobody can recover from that. And then, like, they're talking about, like, Big E. Like, you know, I forget, like, some of the verbiage they used on SmackDown. I'm like, guys, 
you really don't need to go worst case scenario here. Like we don't need to be talking about, but you know, like his spleen could be out. Right. Like there was a time and my, my brother took a picture of this and sent it to me years ago. Like he was playing Madden <laughs> and there was an injury and like, usually it'd be like out for season out for six weeks. Um, this one like literally said like out for career, like there was a career ending injury. Like I had never seen that in Madden before. WWE oh, it happened to me once. I right? had a fantasy draft. I, I, I did a fantasy roster and I had an offensive lineman, uh, really good tackle. Devin, he used to play for the, the Browns, I think, or the Bucks. God offensive damn it. Lineman. Will Fuller almost had a touchdown. Offensive lineman. Anyway, he's great. Um, but first game of the first season after the draft, homie is out for career. Out for career. His his I was almost, I almost reset the whole game. His was Peyton Manning, and uh, and like usually a guy has an injury, they like react in a certain way. And he said like Manning was like limping around in a manner he's never seen in a Madden game. And then, like, it pops up out for career. Like, WWE's pulling these, like, out for career injuries on every TV show for the past three weeks. It's like, tap the brakes, folks. Like, you don't you don't hear, like, Michelle Tafoya tonight on Sunday night, on, like, Thursday night football going, you know what? I think he might be dead. He literally <laughs> might have just died on the field. I think I heard his spine crack into a couple pieces. Yeah, I think, he, I think he severed six vertebrae. He gone. Like, nobody's doing that. Like, let's let's tap the brakes. Like, let's push people to go to WWE.com tomorrow because you know you're going to you know you're gonna put, to, put that update around 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Just, just wait on it. Like, you're going to say, like, it looked pretty bad. It looked pretty bad, but I'm not a doctor. I will always stress when I'm talking about injuries – I'm not a doctor. I'll stress when I'm talking about wrestling. I'm not a wrestler. Like, I don't need Caleb Braxton to be like, motherfucker dead. He dead. I don't need that. I don't need that. Um, but um, I think, uh, Matt, where, where your thoughts here on uh, Jey Uso? I know you you always go hard in the paint, Matt, uh, as your your yeah. one shirt uh, will we'll, we'll tell us. Your thoughts on Jey Uso and Roman Reigns? That day one-ish, man. Um, that's me. Um, so I'm, I'm okay. If they go the direction that you guys are talking about, I fear that they won't just because again, WWE doing WWE things. <laughs> um, but you know, it's good to see people like Roman Reigns, like the Usos guys that never really got the pushes get put into these main event <laughs> rosters. Uh, you know, I, I've been saying for a while, WWE needs another, another family stable that we can just get behind um, because you know that that mess of drooling gargantuans from up in Canada uh, we need to wash the sour taste of all of them out of our mouths and start fresh with uh, you know some Samoans <laughs> and I, I, I did like uh, Nikki's insight to, to add to Mina Absolutely. I, I wish Ryan was here to give his uh his added we need, thoughts. We need some little Jimmy. <laughs> if Tamina shows on. up, I'm out. <laughs> well we, we we had a little Jimmy sighting on uh on Raw this past week. He got involved with the uh, with the ninjas in the twenty four seven title. <laughs> um Mark, your uh, your thoughts here, uh, Roman Reigns and Jay Uso. Well, I'll tell you what I'm uh 
I, I think it'll definitely be an interesting match. Uh, I can't see any way of uh, Uso winning. Um, but stranger things have happened by really, really, I don't see that happen at all. But um, seeing Heyman take on the Usos tag team and have the bloodline thing going, that would be pretty interesting. Um, I'd be all right with that. If I remember correctly, uh, Paul Heyman managed uh, the Samoan SWAT team back in like the NWA days. So there is some uh, history there with the uh, fathers or cousins um, in Heyman. So it should be interesting. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's not going to sell me to, to buy the pay-per-view if I didn't have the network, but it'll be interesting to see the match. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then before we get to the news and rumor roundup, uh, this past Monday on Raw, we finally uh, have a logo for uh, Retribution, and we also heard them speak uh, for the first time. Uh, let's see here. I have it. Um, the first uh, Retribution member said, This Thunderdome is only a facade behind this mountain of screens. It's the same foundation, the same WWE as before. The same behemoth that discarded, discarded and disowned us, leaving us to survive in an unfair world where the powerful continue to grow. Well, we are left to feed off nothing but the scraps of contempt. Uh, the second, which I'm 99.9% sure was Di Donovan Dijak, um, warned WWE superstars and fans in the universe. He said, but contempt is a powerful motivator we are driven to destroy, to lay waste to every superstar and every fan. Blinded, you cannot see what you do not have. So the locust of contempt will feed upon all of you. The darkness of retribution will seep into the pores of every superstar and all of your so-called universe. We are uh, retribution. Which, first off, I will say I was in the Thunderdome on Monday, and it was a much improved um, presentation than it was the very first night uh, for SmackDown before SummerSlam. The video was not laggy at all. Um and I know there's been some talk on social media about how, like, they're giving you some some cues and things um, through the headset, and they are like they'll they'll let you know when they're coming back from commercial. Um, they the you know they will encourage you to continue to react uh, when there's like wide shots and things like that. But to me, and this from my background with um, TV production and things, that's what you do in TV production. You you give cues. Uh, when you have an audience like you know when you have a sitcom there's an applause uh, there's an applause light up sign there's a laugh light up sign things like that so um, but I will say it was a, a definitely a much improved um, presentation of the Thunderdome uh, the, the second time around so uh, kudos to the WWE for uh, improving that in, in a short amount of time um, I like that they are kind of developing the the retribution a little bit. Um, I thought just the random attacks and uh, lights going off during matches and things like they were they were quickly losing people. I think to a degree some people are already kind of lost. I think whenever they do kind of reveal themselves, there's got to be a, a like a heater to it. There has to be somebody big and of importance. Now I know Dijak um you could tell was part of this week. Uh, Mia Yim, you could tell was part of this week. I think Mojo Raleigh was one of the ones. But each week, there's different there's different people involved. So I think the key is 
when they finally do get revealed, there has to be somebody of big time importance uh, that's a part of it. Um, but I, but I like, I, I think the logos, you know, cool enough. I like the way that they just interrupted, uh, the match this week. And, and I'm glad they finally had a voice, uh, to what, uh, this retribution has been, uh, Tim, your thoughts on, on the presentation of retribution from this week. You know, um, I like it. Uh, there's a couple of sets of eyeballs. It's really good to kind of see. I think that. I just had a whole bunch of nothing to say nothing. I, I don't happens. know what the hell I just said. I was just stroking. Stroking. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I will uh, I will change what I said. I think that the presentation of Retribution that we saw on television today uh, or on Monday is the group Retribution. I think that that is the pairing um, or the, the stable that we have. Um, everyone else is like the underlings or the remember when the dark order first appeared, they had the creepers, just yeah. the random. I think that's what a lot of the group of retribution will be, but the stable of retribution will be that pairing, that grouping um, that's on the, that was on the screen during the promo. Um, I really want to see who they are. Right. Like I really do. Cause if it's all NXT people, it doesn't work. No. If it's all released people, I don't think it works either. No, I think it's got to be a mix. And I think that's what we're going to get. Like, it, it, it could also be a mix of, like, talent that's still under under contract that was on a big brand. and Carmella, for one. Uh, I think there was one that was also there. I think Mojo Raleigh. Sure. I think Mojo is a part of that group, um, but uh, I'm I'm very intrigued to see where it goes and and how it's utilized. Um, I know Nikki said she's a uh, she loves Nexus 2.0. Um, I don't think it needs. I don't think it should be Nexus. I think it should try to find its own niche. I know there's a lot of similarities between the two. I mean, I think um, I think it would be awesome if you, if you had a leader of of, of Punk or Cena. I, I unfortunately don't see that being the, the the way it ultimately plays out. Yeah. Um, it would be it would really be cool if it was John Cena. Like the Punk thing would kind of be like, okay, we've been here before. Um, but like this, like if it was Cena, I think it'd be really cool, really really cool. Um, right. But what but what what would it be for cena why right would see why would it be cena yeah like that's, I, that's I, you know thing. i think you i to, think you have to think of like a person in the past who might have um yeah, he might was, have been wronged he wasn't exactly underutilized was he you know <laughs> there was a time <laughs> are you sure about that um matt your your thoughts on the the presentation of uh of retribution um as is the the theme tonight, I'm just playing it cautiously. <laughs> I like where it's going. Uh, it has great potential, um, and you know they can't always miss on these things. So I feel like they have to get at least one thing right here. So hopefully it's this. Of all the storylines, I think they have this is the one that's most intriguing to me. So this is the one that I would like to see play out. Um, the most. How about you, Mark? 
Well, I'll tell you what, I was getting a little worried there for a few weeks when uh, it looked like the retribution thing pretty much slowed down before it really took off. So it was nice to see him uh, get a little traction this week and speaking. And uh, yeah, no, same thing as Matt again. I'm a little cautious. Uh, I think this could, could go very well where it could just be a complete and failure, utter failure like the uh, invasion angle when they bought WCW. Um, so we'll wait and see. And uh, I was just thinking, too, that Mia Yim, she just had an action figure released. So it has to be a sign she's showing up on the main roster, I would imagine. You would think, yeah. Uh, very soon. I don't, yeah, I don't know if they necessarily do NXT figures. I'm sure they do, but, um, yeah, I remember on her uh, Instagram page, she was showing her action figure. And I forget who else was in that series, but I think she was the newest person on there. So she must be getting caught up here soon. And, uh, and I'll call myself on this one. I'm an idiot. I had uh, Revolution revealed running at the bottom of the screen. It is Retribution. I fixed it, but uh, yeah, I I, uh, I flubbed up uh, on that one. So um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll call myself out uh, on that one. And then all right, here we're going to close up the show. We're going to talk about our news and rumor roundup. It was announced uh, two days ago on Tuesday. Uh, WWE announced Uncool with Alexa Bliss, a new podcast series debuting on Tuesday, September 22nd, hosted by WWE superstar Alexa Bliss. The podcast will transport listeners back in time to when Bliss and her guests were their most nostalgic, cringeworthy, and laugh-out-loud moments from before their fame and success. Each Tuesday, she will sit down with WWE superstars and celebrity guests to celebrate all things, quote, Uncool. From awkward first days to fashion faux pas and everything in between, nothing is off limits. WWE superstar The Miz will kick off the premiere episode with other weekly guests, including Lance Bass, Nikki and Brie Bella, Ryan Cabrera, James Iglehart, Tyler Hansen, Nikki, Blaze, Nikki Glazer, John Heater, and more. Uh, Uncool will take listeners down a memory lane by revealing embarrassing, quirky tween moments and reminiscing about younger years while offering laughs along the way. Fans will get to see just how cool it is to be uncool, said Alexa Bliss. You can subscribe on all uh, audio streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. Full-length videos of each episode will be available the following week on WWE Network and WWE YouTube. Alexa, of course, has been an athlete all of her life, having previously competed in gymnastics, softball, cheerleading as a professional bodybuilder before joining WWE in 2013. She is a five-time women's champion, two-time women's tag champion, an unapologetic Disney fantastic fanatic who loves all things 90s and early 2000s. Um, I love the concept behind this the behind this show. Um, I, I listen most weeks to the New Day podcast. I listen to like the first couple episodes of the Corey Graves podcast before I just had my fill of Corey Graves. Um, but uh, I am I am already subscribed to Alexa Bliss th- to this podcast. I think this is a cool concept, um, and uh, should be a fun uh, should be a fun uh, podcast. Tim, any any thoughts to the uncool with Alexa Bliss? Thanks for reminding me. I have to uh, I have to follow it on on Spotify. Nice. Um, we're already good. Um, I think this is going to be a fantastic podcast oh, yeah. because it's not wrestling. Yes. It yeah. goes back to the third party conversation. 
showcase Kobe. 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 Superstar somewhere else. Like Alexa Bliss is like the most rare character you have in WWE. She's super hot and super unattainable for for dudes. <laughs> Show us how uncool she is. Yeah. Thank you. It's it's perfect. It's self-deprecating her. It's amazing. Send it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Charlie says if I'm WWE I'd get Conrad for a podcast. Uh, I mean, uh, before already before bruce got hired to be vince's bitch again uh they did that and uh hold on that's another point this third party stuff uh if they crack down are they going to crack down on brucey making money with conrad uh conrad already cleared that up he said the podcast is going nowhere so oh and uh neither is anyone else's twitch streamer Yeah, exactly. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on Uncool with Alexa Bliss? Uh, I have not had the chance to listen to it yet. Uh, It's been a busy week, but I do have a weekend of assembling new furniture ahead of me, so I will certainly add it to my list, give it a listen. But, um, you know, more people doing more things in the wrestling world that I can tune into is always going to be a good thing in my opinion. Yeah, the cool thing with her is, as I know, she's she's already been very open with with you know her struggles with the with the eating disorder and things like that. So you already know, like, she isn't afraid to reveal uh, her true self, which which should play well into the podcast realm. Uh, Mark, your thoughts uh, on Alexa Bliss's podcast? Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm subscribed, and uh, I gave her a five star review already. <laughs> and she, uh, I don't think she dropped anything other than the two minute promo. It's like a two minute promo, yeah. Yeah, for the podcast. So uh, I, I think this is going to be Alexa Bliss's first step away from WWE. I think it's going to be very successful, and she really, probably, in my opinion, is really right now the biggest potential as a female wrestler to go on and get the uh, popularity almost as big as The Rock because she's just. I think she's really that good. It's just a matter of time. She almost has a a Trish Stratus is feel to her. Um in in that terms of like st- you know, star making ability. Like she she seems to kind of she can go beyond the wrestling world and and I think, you know, garner an audience that that stretches beyond the world of wrestling. All right. Uh, yesterday, the Twitter account WrestleVotes, um, tweeted, asked what the Royal Rumble location plans are. He said, learned that WWE has a city in mind and are looking to get back to live crowds prior to that. Uh, however, they are keeping an eye on what the NBA and NHL do for next season regarding fans and capacity levels. Because obviously tonight we're seeing the, the return of the NFL. Um, and, uh, some places are having no fans like the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, other States that are pretty strict, uh, Kansas city. There's a limited capacity crowd. I think it's somewhere around 10,000 or 15,000 or something like that. Um, but these are outdoor stadiums. These are, we're still, you know, late summer, early fall. Um, the NHL and NBA have been in their bubbles. Uh, in Orlando, the NHL was in Toronto at Edmonton. They have now shifted completely to Edmonton for the final two rounds of the playoffs. Um, but they are scheduled to resume the NHL potentially early December. NBA, 
they announced today will not happen before Christmas Day. Um, but they're going to have to make decisions, uh, as is WWE. Of course, we know AEW has some limited crowd there at Daly's Place. Um, but I think WWE's handling this pretty smart. Uh, they have, obviously, the technology with the Thunderdome. But, and I've said it for weeks, a empty building or a Thunderdome Royal Rumble will be one of the saddest things we've we've seen. Um, Devin adds that the Dolphins have no fans as well. So, yeah, Florida, no fans. Um, he wasn't just saying that. Like that, that They just have no fans. More of a, <laughs> maybe it was more of a statement of they just fact. They have no fans. <laughs> They don't have any fans. Well, so please support the support they, the Dolphins. fans just so they wouldn't have to just keep well, showing. Well, that's what I, shameless million. shameless plug. I have the uh, the Huddle Up podcast, and my my brother and I did the show. What's this that? Week. When's that? That's uh, usually on Tuesday nights. It's a sports podcast that I do with uh, my brother and sometimes Matt and my best friend Dave. Um, but this week it was just my brother and I, and I said, "Boy, the Chargers." This couldn't have worked out perfectly for the Los Angeles Chargers. They moved to that billion-dollar stadium along with the Rams. Uh, the Chargers couldn't put people in a 12,000-seat soccer stadium in Carson City. Um, and now they're like, oh, man, how are we going to fill this big building? And, the, and Los Angeles is like, no, you can't. And they're like, well, thank you. Can, <laughs> can, can we just declare that every year and just have to play in an empty stadium? Because we were going to anyway. A state of emergency for – just that vicinity for just chargers year in year <laughs> um but uh yeah so here's the thing like i i hope that by i mean here's the thing i hope by tomorrow we're at a point where you can safely put people into a stadium that's obviously not going to happen tomorrow i sincerely hope by the time royal rumble uh comes around that that we can at least get to a point where there's some people allowed in buildings somewhere um because a, I want this goddamn coronavirus to go the fuck away. And secondly, um, you know, I, I, I want the Royal Rumble with fans. Like, the Royal Rumble without fans is going to be sad. So um, I'll be curious to see. I think they had – I don't know if they ever actually officially announced Seattle, um, but I think that was the rumored location for Royal Rumble, which I do not think that that is going to be the case. I feel like Washington's been pretty uh, – been pretty strict um on uh on that one devin we're just having some fun buddy. um but devin, uh, you should be used to losing you're a dolphin fan come on <laughs> we'll play the sad violin for the dolphins it's gonna be a long year um but uh i'll be curious to see where it comes out i don't care where it is if there's allowed to be fans but i want it to be in a baseball stadium i want I want my Royal Rumbles in baseball stadiums. I don't care if it's AAA minor league baseball stadium. Give me into a baseball stadium uh, for the Royal Rumble. Tim. I don't care how long it takes, man. Just make it happen. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to rush it. I'd rather have the saddest Royal Rumble ever than to rush it in any city and cause more issues. Yes, um, I will agree with that. I'm I'm not happy that the NFL is having these fans in the building in the, in no. the stadium, but you know, gotta have football, man. I guess. 
question mark. I mean, you can have football. You, you don't need to have fans. The NHL and the NBA and the Major League Baseball and MLS have all proven you can have sports without crowds. True. But, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, time will tell. Who knows how things will turn out in a couple of months and a couple of months after that and a couple of months after that. So. Yeah, I mean the Royal um, Rumble's still, you know, four and a half months away. Um, yeah, so there's a lot that can change between now and then. Well, I mean, once the election comes and goes, it's all going to disappear in November fourth uh, at midnight, right? It's going to be like Cinderella. Poof. Just <laughs> it's going to be gone. It's going to be it's going to up and vanish like a fart in the breeze. Pick uh, up the dandelion and just blow yeah. it. <laughs> Matt, your thoughts uh, here on the Royal Rumble? Uh, it's going to be at Clipper Magazine Stadium in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, so you heard it here first. Um, I would like to see it done at a stadium. I don't need to see it with fans. Um, you know, let's let's be smart about this. I know, you know, Vince has already kind of had his wink, wink, nudge, nudge deal with with Don to to make the WWE and essential business down in Florida. <laughs> Let's not expand that into any other states. Um, but, you know, like you've, like you've all hinted Keep at. Keep your November shit 4th. in Florida, Vince. Keep your shit yeah, in November 4th, it's going away anyway. So, yeah, perfect. Um, <laughs> Mark, Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. It's got to happen in the front of fans. It's got to. And it'll be 2021. Oh, hi, so 2020 will be over. And everything will get, everything will start to get back to normal if I'm reading everything correctly on social media. Once this year's over, we're going to be in good shape. So it's got to be in the stadium. There's got to be at least some fans. It's just got to happen. Charlie says, just keep the COVID god, I mean demo god, away from my Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah, as long as Fozzie's not playing the Royal Rumble, I think we'll... Uh, I think we'll be safe on that one. And then finally, uh, Ring of Honor uh, on this week's ROH Week by Week. The Pure Championship bracket was revealed. First round matches start this weekend and we will go for the next eight weeks. Tapings, of course, began last month with ROH with no live crowd in attendance. Uh, block A, Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle. David Finley versus Rocky Romero. Uh, Fred Yehi. Uh, versus uh, Silas Young, Tracy Williams versus Russ Taylor, and then in Block B, you have Jonathan Gresham versus Wheeler Yuta, Delirious versus Matt Seidel, uh, Josh Woods versus Kenny King, and PJ Black versus uh, Tony Deppin. Uh, Dak Draper is Block A alternate. Brian Johnson is the alternate for Block B. Winner of the tournament will become the first pure champion since 2006. Tim, do you have any hopes... Uh, on who you would like to see be the new pure champion. I would love it to be either John Gresham or hot sauce, Tracy Williams. Gotcha. Gotcha. Devin's checking out Devin. Thanks for joining us this week, bud. Hope you have a good one. Uh, Matt, who do you hope is the new pure champion? Uh, I would like it to be um, Pride of York, PA, John Gresham. Not anymore, but for a spell. Uh, intern Mark, how about you? Pure champion. Who you hope? Who you hope takes the title? Pure champion. 
I gotta go with uh, Jonathan Gresham because he's married to Jordan Grace, and I like him. <laughs> I'm jealous of him. <laughs> well, for me, it would either be uh, former guest of the show Fred Yehi or uh, former guest of the show Tony Deppen, and uh, I'll go fellow beer aficionado and uh, former guest of the show Tony Deppen. I hope uh, I like Tony. Tony's a good guy. Tony's a boy too. I thought. Or around close close to around here. Yeah, he's uh yeah. like Berks County, I think, Lehigh Valley. <laughs> so he's he's closest to home base here. So I I, I will if Tony Deppen heard you call yourself a beer aficionado, he would scream into a pillow. <laughs> uh, I, well, I was saying because I would put him more closer to you, Matt, as the beer aficionado. We've seen, uh, we've seen your fridge. I appreciate you holding the uh, the seltzers for me, though. Do have some seltzers for you. Tony Deppen also did choose Rudders over Sheets and Wawa. So, oh, he did. Well, in that yeah, case, I hope it's not Tony Deppen. The sheets, I can, the sheets, I can almost see. Like I haven't had Rudder's food, but I love me some Wawa food. So Tony and I might have to have a discussion on that one at some point. But uh, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. We will start uh, with you, Tim. Plug whatever you would like to plug, sir. Well, you know. Uh... At not the tool man across all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, if you care, uh, twitch.tv forward slash not the tool man. Uh, we will be starting back up very soon. Uh, a game that's near and dear to my heart is getting re-released uh, for the Nintendo Switch. I'm going to be playing a lot of Super Mario 64. Uh, I'm probably going to start Damn learning. it, I got to get a Switch. Yeah, I'm, they're actually re-releasing Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy all together. Um, but uh, I'm going to probably be looking to speedrun Mario 64, trying to beat it as fast as I can for time. Uh, so that's going to start. Um, also, if you listen to other podcasts and you need a sh- you have a show hole and you want something filled, uh, and you like it a little wrestling with a little more retro and not so much current stuff, Final Wrestling Place... Um, you can get it wherever you get your, or wherever you subscribe to this podcast, uh, you can subscribe to it as well. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, of course, on the mothership, SoundCloud.com forward slash Final Wrestling Place. We're talking cinematic matches this this uh, season. It's good stuff. And for for episode three, we are covering the Monster Truck Sumo match between <laughs> Hulk Hogan and the Giant. From Halloween Havoc 1995 against Tooth and Nail. Oh, oh, man. I think I Two might. Two bad matches enter. One bad match leaves in the good place. I have an opinion of which one should automatically be bad place. But Matt, let's uh, plug what you got to plug. Uh, Woman of the Week, I think, is returning next week. Next week, yes, in line with Hispanic Heritage Month, so I have some good stuff lined up. If you go to the Instagram page at Recount Thursday, you can see the top four vote getters so far in our Woman of the Year contest. So make sure you are liking posts that count as a vote. You can follow me on Twitter at 3CT, the letter A, Philly, as in Philadelphia, the number eight, so 3CT affiliate. Uh, Jim did let me know there is no more Doug Flutie on the call, so my tweets on Saturday will not be as 
vulgar, but they probably still will be as obnoxious. Um, but no more Sixers. No more Sixers until Christmas. Um, you know, if you want to see me just point out how atrocious the Phillies bullpen is, then that's an option that you can do as well. Um, otherwise, I just kind of talk movies, wrestling, beer, all of the above. Very good. Intern Mark, anything to plug? They got the darks, the dark chips that are fantastic. They're pretty good. The dark chips are really good. Oh, they're, they're amazing. I think uh, Zerbies is, uh, I guess, more of a local thing. But, man, some Zerby chips, that's good eating. You get a big box of them. They have uh, different flavors. You can't beat it. Available this and every Tuesday at Rook's Market. Tell Marty I said hi. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you can get Ryan, as you can see on Tim's screen, at RYN on Twitter. Tell him he needs to upgrade his internet or uh, update his computer, one of the two. <laughs> Uh, but you can find me at Big Jim Sports on Twitter. But bottom line, follow the show at Three Count Thursday, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go to threecountthursday.com. Uh, next week on the show, I forgot to plug this at the beginning, we will be joined on this show uh, by Ant Stefano from the Rant Foundation, formerly uh, Rant with Ant. They are back, and uh, they're another one of the, uh, the podcasts in the wrestling world that likes to actually be positive about professional wrestling. So we are excited uh, about having Ant join us next week here on the program. Again, we'll be back live at 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Facebook, maybe uh, on Twitter and YouTube as well, but definitely on our Facebook page like we always are. And until then, guys, uh, make sure you go to NGSCSports.com. They are our home network. And uh, until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and as always, go for the pins.